everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined again by Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. This, hey, there's a football game next week. It's about time that we start making some season predictions. We would normally do that in, uh, say, June or July, and maybe we did. I don't remember, but it's time to do it all over again. And we're going to start uh, this series today by looking at the defensive line. I had a number of people want to know, who do we think at Letterman Row that will lead Ohio State in sacks this year? I don't know their answers. So I don't know how this is going to go. We didn't plan it out in advance. Berm, you go first. Zach Harrison oh, will lead the her. Ohio State Buckeyes in sacking the quarterback. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. That's it? You're just going to give the prediction and nothing else and then make a joke? Oh, well, number one, where was the joke? Number two, uh, I thought we would, you know – circle back to the number of sacks after you guys gave your predictions, which right, are that's certainly a great that's a more great likely idea. to be wrong than mine. That's a great idea. Uh, I'm glad that we really planned this out perfectly. This is great content. Spencer, you're up. Uh, Tyreek Smith. Do you have any movie quotes that you want to make and drop in there? No. Hmm. I'll let Burn no. I'll let Burn in on the shenanigans. I'll, nothing I'll, from, I'll nothing from due back. date that pops into your mind? No. Well, this is fun so far. I think I am going to make it a third different option and go with Jonathan Cooper. Uh, the Blocko representing that New Jersey, the opportunities that he might have if, if Zach Harrison is getting double team on the other side. I think the opportunity will be there. He's as motivated as ever. Uh, so I'm going to go with the senior captain, two-time captain, Jonathan Cooper. Uh, Berm wants to throw some numbers in there as well. Uh, Zach Harrison. So here's where will he here's what from? I think. I think what makes Zach Harrison's season potentially very interesting is because as we talked about when we talked about the defensive line, uh, Chase Young, the Bosa's, they had those sort of lulls as sophomores, uh, but that was after being like superstar-ish as freshmen. And I don't think that Zach Harrison is going to draw the same extra attention as a sophomore that those guys did. And I think it's because people want to talk about Tyreek Smith, who's obviously a very talented player and a first-round talent, and Jonathan Cooper and everyone else. I think that it's actually going to be Tyreek Smith that draws a lot of the doubles, which will free up Zach Harrison. And, and that sort of freaky athleticism that he has, the ability with the arms that he has, the, the speed he has, I don't know that he's going to get double digits, but I'm going to say nine and a half sacks for Zach as the leader on the team. I think that's, that's an interesting point, Berm, that but where, where the attention would go and the reputation that Tyreek Smith has. But – I would say that let's, let's just use Nebraska here. That's going to be the opener. There's going to be more, you know, video clips of them to break down of Zach Harrison as a right. freshman going into year two than there was of Tyreek Smith. So if you're Scott Frost and, and that program, like that's probably the guy that you're worried about. And then you know more about Jonathan Cooper. You've seen him before. You know the impact he can make. And the three of us all are very well aware, and, and many, many other people across the Big Ten are too, what – what Tyreek Smith could become, but I'm not sure that there is enough evidence on film that they would build a game plan and say, if we've got to double team anybody right now, it needs to be Tyreek Smith. I think they would. But are you telling me that coaching staffs of other teams aren't paying attention to what the Ohio state media is saying? Well, I'm sure that they're not watching this and and trying to figure out their game plan. Well, you just blew my mind. And if they are, they probably – they probably turned it off before we actually got into the meaningful analysis. Here, uh, here I was thinking that only thing that mattered was what we said. 
Well, I, <laughs> that's the only thing I care about. Lesson learned. My my sincere apologies. But that's my that's my guess. Because if you're looking at film from last year, the guy that I think they would be most worried about is Zach Harrison, and then projecting, you know, him into that role this year. But you know, and it would be it would really shock me if these teams weren't trying to pick somebody double. So that part is correct. It, we don't know what they will do or who they will target, but I just I feel like that emphasis would be on Zach Harrison. Spencer, what what do you believe? Uh, as you make your pick there. So I did a little bit of math and the pace for Chase, the, the chase pace last the pace season, for chase, 16 and a half sacks in 12 games that chase played. If you play 10 games this year or even 11, it averages about 13 and a half to 14 sacks. I don't think anybody's going to get there because I don't think anybody's as dominant as chase. So that's like the bar. And I, cause I didn't want to say like, Oh, Tyreek will have 13 sacks because I think that's a little bit of a reach. I'm going to say 10 and a half sacks for Tyreek Smith. And I said in the summer, I think this is a by-committee approach to how they are going to go about sacks. And I know that's not really something you can plan for, but if you have 10 and a half sacks from one guy, you have nine sacks from another guy, you have eight and a half from another guy, and then you keep going down the line, you can see a way for them to get to that 54 sack uh, total that they had last year, uh, realistically. And I, I think that is a realistic goal that they could have to match the total from last year. I just don't think it will be as concentrate on one guy as it was last year with Chase, I think it'll be more spread out among all five of these defensive ends because I think they all can get to the quarterback in their own way. I think the number is probably going to be eight for Jonathan Cooper. And part of that reason is what you just said, Spencer, that you named, you know, the big three, and then we can go further and you have Tyler Friday getting in that mix, Javante Jean-Baptiste, and then whatever you're going to get from the inside, we know how much Devon Hamilton impacted uh, pockets and, and wound up with a bunch of sacks falling in his lap. Some of those created by Chase Young uh, that he didn't get you know credit for himself. But that's the way that this works. So the pass rush, I, I think, and we've talked before about defensive tackle and the lack of depth, and Ryan Day this week continued to emphasize that that's an area where the depth is not where they want it. But that's more of an issue with stopping the rush. And I think that the way Ohio State will score – is going to be a deterrent for opponents running the football anyway. So if, the, if you have a team like Nebraska or Penn State in the first couple of weeks trying to get into a shootout, that'll, that, that means that those, that defensive tackle depth is not going to be a problem for Ohio State because all they're going to have to do is, is send out a Rushman package and go after the passer. So I've, I've kind of come around on that where the way Ohio State's entire roster is constructed should negate some of that importance of defensive tackle, which then in turn leads to – Tyler Friday getting more pass rushing opportunities on the inside, maybe Tyreek Smith, uh, something, an idea that Berm has kicked around with him being a three technique rusher. Um, in the end, I think it's going to be a, this, the sack pace that you talked about Spencer for the team will be the same, but there are so many guys who could do it that the overall number for an individual will be lower. Uh, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And I think one guy that, that we're not really talking about enough is Javante Jean-Baptiste. If you look at that guy, his arms are so long and the more strength he puts on those, that that is hard to defend as an offensive tackle. If you have a guy who can use his hands well with the arm length that he has, it's really difficult to get hands on him and stop him from getting to the passer. I think if you put him in on third down and slide any of those guys to the inside, that three technique, whether it be Tyreek Smith, Tyler Friday, even like a bigger body like Jonathan Cooper, like these guys are going to get to the quarterback. And I think Javante Jean-Baptiste might be the guy who benefits from that. Who led Ohio State in the sacks in 2017? 
and how many did they have? Because to me, that's the, as Larry Johnson addressed last week when we talked to him, that, that rotation that year is sort of the, the, I don't know, kind of the plan for this fall. Um, and so it, it, that was a year with Nick Bosa and Jalen Holmes and Sam Hubbard. And, you know, who, that group had a lot of guys playing, but only 25, 30 snaps a game. So if you're going to consider that that group is playing, um, or this year's group is playing that same number of snaps, if you're really rotating in five guys, it, it's going to require taking full advantage of your opportunities, um, and especially the opportunity to move all over the field. And I actually think if I'm going to turn to a dark horse now, here's a guy that I think could lead the team in sacks and it's going to be like, what? Are you guys ready? Baron Browning. Mm. Mm. What? I, think I will not. I Baron Browning can be in the field in a pass rush situation. And we saw uh, in the Clemson game and other times last year where when they just decided to let Baron loose as a blitzer, he gets home real, real quick. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the opportunity for him to be sort of just uh, go in there and, and be a pure edge rusher, like a, like the old school linebacker, outside linebackers in the NFL, the Derek Thomases and the Lawrence Taylors, you know, not that he's in the realm of those guys, but that sort of that style of play where you just say, hey, go get the quarterback. I think Baron Browning could have a really big year in that role uh, if he gives, uh, you know, if the defensive line doesn't have somebody that really steps up. He was sort of on that pace a year ago, Berm, and you asked about 2017. Nick Bosa did lead the Buckeyes with eight and a half. Eight and a half. So that's a fair number, right? I mean, I think that's a reasonable number for this year. And he's right there. Sam Hubbard and Taekwon Lewis both had seven. Uh, And if you want something interesting, Jerome Baker finished fourth on the team, which sort of feeds into turning a guy loose as a blitzer. Mm, Delicious. And, you know, I mean, Darren Lee did that very well for Ohio State. Um, Have any of those guys gone on to play in the NFL? Yeah, so I'm looking – the top six guys for Ohio State on that 2017 pass rush, Jalen Holmes actually finished eighth, which is a little bit surprising to me. Uh, Nick Bosa, Sam Hubbard, Tyquan Lewis, Jerome Baker, Chase Young, Malik Harrison, that's a pretty good top six. Dante Booker was seventh ahead of Jalen Holmes, which if you'd asked me, uh, I would not have believed that. Jalen was the guy that played a lot more inside that year than the other uh, of the other defensive ends. He was the guy that kind of slid into the – the inside role in the Rushman package, right? Yeah, I think, I think Taekwon did some of that as well. I'm trying to remember. Um, Jay Sean Cornell had two sacks that year as well. So that's, that's pretty crazy for a top 10. Draymond Jones with one. Uh, I mean, that was a scary, scary, scary group of Rushman and linebackers. It's, uh, it's staggering to, to see it down on paper and, and think about, uh, facing that defense now, especially with some of these different schemes that Ohio State's incorporated. But, whew. That's um, 10 guys who are in the NFL now. Well, I mean, and then – Well, Dante, nine. Dante Booker's not. So, nine guys on that list in the NFL. Devon Hamilton further down there with a sack. Uh, uh, it's, it's crazy the amount of talent that was on that defense and then what would happen to it in 2018. Uh, we don't need to rewind that any further, but – I think when there's a good reason why people are talking about 2017 and the balance of that pass rush, because if this goes back to your first point about, well, who are you going to double team? It's possible that teams will think that they can get past this Ohio state team without trying to do that because there's not a chase young or a Nick Bosa or a Joey Bosa. But 
I can promise Scott Frost, if he's watching this far, that trying to go one-on-one against Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, or Jonathan Cooper, or Tyler Friday, uh, or Spencer's, you know, Spencer's dark horse, or your dark horse with Baron Browning, Javante, John Baptiste, that's not going to work, and you're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, two quick things. Oh, sorry, Bert. I did. No, no, no. I was just wanting to talk some stuff to to <laughs> Scott Frost. The pace, if they were, if they were to be on the thir- the fifty four sack pace, it'd be thirty eight and a half. So I think your eight and a half, Austin, is probably the best number. And like the thing I'll say that goes back to twenty seventeen, it all relied on the cornerbacks. Those cornerbacks were such studs on that twenty seventeen team. They could send the linebackers on blitzes and be confident that they could still cover guys in pass coverage. If the corners at Ohio State can solidify themselves as two true lockdown corners, you could see these linebackers become a lot more aggressive because I think Ohio State's gotten less aggressive with their linebackers blitzing than they did in that 2016-2017 style. And I think they could get back to that this year with Kerry Combs back and uh, if the cornerbacks can be as good as we think they will be. So what we're saying is to get a lot of sacks, the linebackers and the safeties and cornerbacks have to be good. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's the beauty of, of football, right? It can't just be one guy uh, all the time. You can't be a LeBron James on a football team and dominate and win championships. Like, you have to have all three levels of your defense to play well. Um, but there are guys like Zach Harrison who are just next level athletically that I think will find a way to get his no matter what. I mean, he got his last year when he didn't know how to play football. So it's a pretty uh, – it, to me, it seems reasonable he's the guy that can make that next step because he had the highest ceiling and was at the lowest floor a year ago. LeBron would probably be a pretty good pass rusher for Larry Johnson. I, he's probably got eligibility, right? I, I don't know what the rules are for NCAA sports anymore. I think they're constantly changing. What rules? Yeah. <laughs> With free agency coming and name, image, and likeness, who cares? LeBron, if you want to go play college football for Ohio State and fulfill your dreams, I'm sure they'll let you do it. Why not? Everybody's got to make some revenue now. Yep. I mean, it's 2020, man. Anything goes. Anything goes. All right. We're going to get to the bottom of this, get some answers starting next week. Ohio State, Nebraska, uh, high noon, big noon kickoff on Fox. Season's coming, so we're going to keep making these predictions at Letterman Row. Getting ready for the Ohio State season with Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. We'll see you next time.